0: Jesus is the line and the way in They don't care what our Lord sacrificed They just rationalize with science like the Antichrist But you just grab them and you send them here I'm gonna put a little knowledge in their ears And they might have been Darwin devotees But now they're down in the cathedral praying on their knees Cause they were only godless sinners till they met me Until they met me
1: Hello, and welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and this is a very, very exciting show. We have some very interesting things in this episode for you, the loyal listener. If you're not a loyal listener, hopefully we have interesting things for you as well. But if you are a loyal listener, we have a much more interesting show for you. Okay, there's a lot of nonsense in what I just said, I guess, but trust me, it's all well-meant. Let me introduce my co-host. With me, as always, uh, Mr. Rory Sinjin, right here. Uh, why, hello. Uh, it is very, very good to be here on this episode. Uh, it's a very exciting episode for me personally. Is it? Is it? Oh yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm very excited. Before we begin in earnest, I would like to say uh, again thank you for uh, all the uh, the replies for people who did want to enter that contest in which they get a regular full-priced extra historical reading and then hope to get a rebate on it. Um, I've had a lot of uh, responses at this point and so I am going to pick the person who, who does win the rebate uh, probably later today. So uh, keep your eyes peeled and uh, of course if you like to contact me for a second chance, because I I might do this again, you see, Um, please contact me for a full price reading. It will be, again, very much worth your while. I do accept credit card, and um, I stopped, I'm sorry, I stopped accepting checks, but I do still take cash. Excellent. Not really what I wanted to focus so much of the time for this show on, but also with this is my other co-host, Mr. Scape White.
2: Um, hi, everybody. Uh, I think, uh, this should be a good show, I hope. Uh, it depends on how certain things turn out.
1: You're, You're not, you're not so sure this going good?
2: Well, uh, I can't get a chance. Without
1: well, no, don't spoil, don't spoil. It's a, Oh, I, I bet you I know what it's about. It's about, it's about your Your seg- segment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Um, This is a... You're going to have a segment today, correct?
2: Yes, yes, I have a segment and singing. And
1: singing, but a little bit less singing than normal. Oh. Well, you knew that, you knew that. We worked it out. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, a little bit less singing than usual, because it is now time for the segment of the show that is relatively new segment of the show that we call... Watch. Um, now, I, I do say that Scape gets to sing a little bit less because he normally sings the Apple Watch theme song. Uh, but we we did bring in a very special guest to sing the theme song to Apple Watch, uh, Mr. Frank Allen. Please, you are really gonna make me do it. Yes, yes, please sing. <sighs> All right, it's it's Apple Watch. No, I'm that's not singing. You're not singing right now. I have to sing the best you can. I mean, what if you call it singing, fine. Do You want
2: me to show you how?
1: No, I I know how singing works. Thank you. All right, um, here we go. It's Apple Watch watch were watching me I'm an a- that's right Frank you are an a- Uh Rory do you want to take over the the watch segment, do you want to say, do it, or did you... No, actually, I was hoping I would also uh, give over my Apple watch duties officially uh, for this episode to Mr. Frank Allen to give him a bit more to do, since he is a special, extra, super special guest. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, I mean, what is it, yeah, what do you want, what do I need to, what do I, what am I supposed Just, to do? Just, you're supposed to update, this is the part where, it's, I mean, you know, it's called Apple watch, so obviously, we talk about what has been happening with Frank Allen recently. Okay, ha yes, I, no, I got that, I'm gonna. Yes. All right. Well, but, you know, I don't want to talk about well, it. You have to talk about it a bit. I, we don't want to leave our loyal listeners not knowing what's going on. Well, they already know. You, you know, I, uh, it's pretty obvious. Everybody seems to already know in the world, but I lost my money. And, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, how, did, how deep into this do I have to go? Well, I mean, that depends. Are you telling us that you're a total broke-ass schmuck loser? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you're just like, I am. You are? I am. What you said. No, you have to say it. That's the whole thing is I'm saying you have to say it. And, and what, and what you did. I, fine. I am a total, I don't remember what you said, broke ass schmuck loser. And? And I'm, and I'm sorry. For being a a broke ass schmuck loser? No. No, I mean yes. I also I'm sorry about that, but I'm sorry that I said some very hurtful things. Well, thank you for thank you for that, Frank. It was good to have you on the show. No, pr- oh come on, please. No, don't. Was, what? What? What's? I I thought you just came by to apologize. It was a special thing. No, Jordan, you know you know, you know that's not true. I I talked to you about this. Oh, about what? I, I'm I'm so confused, Roy. Do you know what he's talking about? Well, I couldn't imagine. I mean, you know, it it, 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 it almost sounds as though he wants to stay on the podcast, which which I, I think is a joke. The fact that he wants to stay on it. No. No, he said that the podcast was a joke, if I recall correctly. Oh, I think he did say that, didn't he? Do we have a clip? Of course we have a clip. Let's roll the clip, please. You guys suck balls. Uh, This podcast is a joke, just so you know. Both. Wow, that that definitely sounds like Frank. That was you, right? I mean, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay. I'm. You know, guys. I, I'm sorry, and like I said, I didn't mean those things. It sounded like you meant them. No, mm-hmm. but I I know, but I didn't. And now that I don't have an entertainment industry to bend my whim as I had hoped, I was hoping instead that uh, that you would, yeah, um, that you would allow me to come back on your show. Really? That's But even though it's a joke. Well, it's, look, that's what I'm saying. It's not a joke. And I was just, I was feeling exuberant and, uh, you know, ballsy, cocky, so to speak. Cocky and ballsy. Yeah. I, I, and I just, I said some hurtful things, but I, but I, I really do treasure the things that we have done on this podcast. Wow. I'll tell you what, it's a really tough decision whether or not you can stay on the podcast, but you know, I, I'm feeling generous. So, um. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to leave it up to Scapey. What? 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 It's up to you. Scapey, it's up to you. If you, if you think Frank Allen should stay on, on the show, then, uh, well tell you what, don't decide yet. Decide at the end of the episode. If you think Frank can stay on the show, uh, then he can. And if not, uh, he's gone. Oh. <laughs> oh you got it please, no, just please, I, I, I would, I would really, I would really appreciate it.
2: Well, I guess that's up to me, so.
1: <laughs> I didn't know it was gonna be up to you, or I might have done things a little differently. I might have, you know, brought, you know, moist food.
2: Well, it's too late right now, you don't have any, but, uh, you I'm sure you can think of ways to persuade me, <laughs> For now, I would just, uh, relish the fact that I have you in my control. <laughs>
1: uh, yes. Oh, I'm uh, Well, whatever you need. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Well, f- uh, escape you ruminate on that for a minute.
0: Okay. I will.
1: And uh, let's get right to our first show. This first episode we've got coming up is Guard Duty. Uh, it's the first episode of Series 4 of Guard Duty. Now, if you remember, last end of last season was the last episode we heard, and it was um they resolved the strike. The guard got their health back, but uh, the stallion was manipulated into having to kick the jack off of the team. He did break the rules of the Guard charter so it does make sense but now the guard is going to have to deal with all the ramifications of what what has occurred so here we are
3: with guard duty and pressing on the earth guard the planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet earth and defending them from threats of all kinds From the Guard Tower, their base of operations, they watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the Guard takes shifts, monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of Guard Duty. This week, The Stallion and Mr. Fahrenheit in Pressing On.
4: But that's what I'm talking about. I told him, Steve, listen. You see substantial public backlash and outcry. I see notoriety. You see lack of public interest. I see sleeper hit. It's all in the marketing, man. Uh-huh. But no. He pulls the plug in the project. Regardless of all the money he spent on the recording, regardless of all my fans who have been waiting for the release, and most importantly, all the blood, sweat, and tears I put into the whole thing.
5: Tears? You... Crying about it?
4: What? No, it's an expression. I put my heart and soul into that record, and now no one is going to hear it. It's like, what if the guards saved the world, and no one knew about it? Like, what if the only way to make the world a better place was to make it so I was dead or something, and no one would ever know about my grievous sacrifice?
5: You wouldn't do it?
4: No. Why would I? <laughs> only an idiot would do something like, ow! What the hell? What happened? Stupid book fell on my head.
5: Hey there, Stallion. Would you look at that? I guess it's time for me to head out.
4: Well, if it isn't Mr. Strikey McStrikerstein.
5: Have a good time, Chief. Thanks. Cheer up, Mr. F. Don't, Don't feel bad about the album getting pulled. From what I've heard so far, it might be a blessing in disguise. Bye.
4: What does she mean by that? Don't worry about it. Blessing in disguise, my hairy, flaming ass. Easy for her to say, her and her stupid fairy lover, all the freaking rage to One Piece Blossom's heart makes me sick.
6: Be happy for them. I am. At least something good came out of that mess. Oh, you're
4: telling me it was a mess? You're telling me? You're not the one who was on the verge of becoming a breakaway star only to have an album shelved because some idiot declared the Earth Guard on strike. Do
6: you even know what success is? Excuse me? You heard me. We all lost something in that debacle. Some more than others. What? What did you lose? I'm the leader of the Guard. The people here depend on me, and I take that responsibility very seriously. I let the jack down. Grant had me between a rock and a hard place and I had to choose between Jack and the very guard itself.
4: Oh, boo-hoo. He's not on the guard anymore. So what? He's still doing his crime-fighting thing, and I'm sure he's still a chirpy, happy, scrabble-cheating son of a bitch. If he's happy doing this for nothing, he can go at it. I, for one, am not putting my life on the line for nothing. There's a heroic attitude. Oh, what? You think it's wrong to want a little recognition for going out into the face of danger? I'm going to enjoy it while I have a chance, because someday, I might not come back from one of our missions. I mean, it's one thing to go like Ocean Man, a big damned hero with a statue built for him and everything. What if I end up, like your what's-her-name, Horse Girl, just dying because- Ow! What
6: the hell's up with a stupid bookshelf? If I remember correctly, Mr. Fahrenheit, you voted in favor of the strike at that emergency meeting. You authorized me to start that strike. Yeah, and if I remember correctly,
4: I said I was voting my wallet. How does it help my wallet drag our names through the mud, making us hated and feared by those we seek to protect and sell CDs to?
6: We had no intention of making the strike a matter of public record. That was the response I Warren Grant. Gee, what a
4: shock. Go up against the government and get a smackdown. Only had some sort of leader whose job would be to foresee things like that. Hey, wait a minute.
6: So you think you could lead the Earth Guard better than I could? Like it'd be hard. And what exactly would you do differently? Well, for starters, I would hire a press agent to handle our PR. Of course. That's exactly what we need to spend money on. Not like the brain frame needs maintenance or anything. I do require maintenance. I know, brain frame.
4: We should have a press release out after every time we apprehend someone. It should be all over the news. Let people know that not only do they need us
6: they should love us. People don't love the Earth Guard because we tell them to. They don't
4: love us at all. They certainly don't love us when we abandon them. I doubt we could do any worse. The government wants the people to think we're selfish jerks who built them for every dollar we can. You actually are! Oh, come on. I have to live. It's not like this job leaves me a lot of free time.
6: Not enough to say, record an entire album in, certainly.
4: My point is, we let the people know exactly what they're getting from us. Emphasis on the fact that we can do these amazing Amazing things that they could only dream about. We could stop people. They couldn't stand a chance again. They'll go back to kissing our feet in no
6: time. And is that the extent of your visionary leadership? No. I'd restore full health coverage. Duh. I did that. That was what the whole strike was about, remember? Grant restored our health care, Jack lost his spot on the guard, and Grant was forced to retire.
4: Alright, alright. I knew that. But that's another thing. We're losing members faster than the Ramones. If I were in charge, I'd have a recruitment drive.
6: I'm doing that. Were you paying no attention at all at the last meeting? When we let Jack go, I said we'd be holding new guard auditions shortly.
4: Yeah, but I'd make sure they were all hot girls. Possibly lesbians. Yeah, that'd create a nice bit of drama, considering how much press the two we've already got are getting us. What if one of the old ones fell for one of the new ones? Or what if they all joined in together? Mr. Fahrenheit. (laughs) Or we could find a mermaid. That would be the best possible. Mr.
6: Fahrenheit! What? I am the leader of this team, not you. I'd say if you feel that strongly about it, you could start up a movement to usurp my power. But I already know what the results would be. You'd be laughed off the guard tower. I may not be the most popular person among the guard, but they respect me, and they respect my ability to lead this team. They don't like or respect you. So tell me, why would they want you in charge of anything? Up yours. I'm... I'm sorry. That was-
4: un- Just because we have different opinions on how things should be run about here, doesn't mean I care any less about the guard than you do. I know. Let's see if I ever side with your ass again.
6: I'm sorry, Mr. Elijah. I'm sorry. Yeah, you better call me Mr. Elijah. I know it's been tough on you. Your album being canceled, getting separated from Ellen- What? How did you know that? I'm the horseshoe detective. I find out people's secrets for a living. She was snooping into my private life? You're on my team. I have to know I can count on you. As such, I have to know about these types of big changes in people's personal lives that could affect them when they're on the job. Like you knew about
4: Ocean Man or Peas Blossom and Binary Girl, for that matter? I'm
6: trying to... I'm trying to make peace here. Nice job. My point is that you're right, okay? I know that. But about What? You do have the guard's best interest in mind. And just because we don't see eye to eye on everything doesn't mean you don't have the occasional good idea. Yeah? It might be a good idea to let the public know what we're up to. We can't afford to hire someone right now. What with the brain frame in need of repairs- I am in need of repairs. But I can't believe I'm saying this. If you'd like to be the one in charge of making sure the public is informed you of want our- you to
4: be our press secretary?
6: Well, there isn't an official position.
4: Ladies and gentlemen- earth guard press secretary mr. Fahrenheit rawr, yeah, rawr. I want to have your kid rawr. one question at a time ladies and gentlemen one question at a time
6: please don't make me regret this Um, why, why would you regret it
4: this is going to be great <gasps> Brainframe, take this down for immediate release are you man or hot woman or mermaid enough to join the earth ow god damn it this bookshelf is about to become kindling
3: Jordan D. White, with Michael D. Mikowski as the narrator, Rich Bellin as the stallion, Elijah Weberham as Mr. Fahrenheit, Lynn Nelson as Binary Girl, with theme song by Michael D. Mikowski.
1: Excellent. Hopefully you all enjoyed that. That's kicking off an all-new season of Guard Duty, which I guess you can tell is going to feature them trying to recruit new members of the Guard. What do you think of that idea, Scapey?
2: Uh, well, I don't think it's that bad of an idea. <laughs> Sounds like they need some more superheroes. You know what? One of them should be
1: me. <laughs> no, Scapey, these shows are all pre-recorded. The, Guard Duty is done being recorded, so we can't add you into it as a character. Well, you could, Dad, you could re-edit it. I know how these things work. You could just sp- spice me in. I guess I could. I guess I, And who would you play? Catman. There's already a Catman, so you couldn't be Catman.
2: Oh. Um, how about Quick Claws...
1: Oh, how about kick kick kick? That sounds like kickman. There's a kickman? Well, you'll see.
2: How about f- slash cross? Slash cross.
1: Slash claws? I don't know. That sounds kinda dumb. Oh,
2: I don't think it sounds dumb to Frank. Do you think it sounds dumb?
1: Uh no. No, I think that sounds really excellent, Jordan. I think you should splice him into the show like like, like he said. Really? Oh really, Frank. You think that's a wonderful idea, do you? Absolutely. Yeah, so really I think Slash Claw should be probably the new the best superhero of the Earth Guard, in fact. Really? See so, t- uh, tell me more about this. Tell me more. What is the best part about slash claw, do you think? Uh, probably his claw, claws, or the way that they slash, or both, together. Oh, well,
2: really? Because I thought it might be his beautiful fur.
1: His fur is pretty wonderful, too, yeah. Well, that's true, too. All right, this is getting a little ridiculous. Um, Frank, you really think I should do f- slash claw? Because if, if you think I should, I, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll insert it into the show. In fact, I'll insert it into every show, especially your shows. Well, I don't know... That if... sounds
2: like a good idea.
1: Uh, wow. Um, I... W- uh, oh you know what uh we're, we're actually running out of time so let's keep going uh, we have to get to this day in history now so shall we shall we jump right into that yeah yeah please okay, Sure, here we are welcome to this day in history on whrw binghamton my name is rory sinjin on february 2nd 1912 the world's first movie stuntman performs for a newsreel stuntman frederick rodman law
7: jumped off the statue of liberty with a parachute
8: That's unpatriotic! I'm telling you, that's unpatriotic! Stop him! Stop him!
4: You think that's unpatriotic? Wait till you see my swastika underpants! Zip!
8: Oh my (laughs) god! This country is full of unpatriotic people! Why don't you think like me? Watch me burn this flag!
9: Washington was a (laughs) crossdresser! Splash! Um, can I jump off the statue now? (laughs) Oh! Okay, I'm going home, frickin' dissenters swastika underpants
1: uh, the stunt deemed a failure there was never another stuntman in hollywood again and many movie actors have died just because some jerk didn't realize that the voice of dissent is just as patriotic as the voice that supports the country this is whrw binghamton but some might disagree. My name is Roy Singen, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Yes, after the dismal failure of that stunt, the American people did take on a policy of following all of their leadership blindly. So from then on, whoever had told a citizen to vote for them most recently, that was who the citizen voted for. Eventually, we ended up having a horrible dictator whose name was Edward Schmedwood, who in fact did tell everyone to obey him at all times, and in fact did become the number one happiest president in the United States history. They all blindly followed him and said, we are good patriots, we do what." country asks of us, even if our country does ask that we wait on the president hand and foot naked while living in complete squalor and poverty. And any time anyone said, you know, I don't want to be a slave, I'm going to overthrow it. Which Medwood. all the other good Americans were already pre-told that if anyone ever dissented, they should all bludgeon them to death with whatever was handy. A lot of them had their, you know, silver service trays, and they would just beat the little dissenters right to death. Now, you might say to yourself, if that society is happy in that way, why should we stop them? Well, I don't have an answer for you, but I can tell you that in America, in the democracy that we do have, those that dissent against the government I'm not necessarily unpatriotic. You should think about it. My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Wow, that was a weird episode. Um, Scape, do you think that that sounds true, though? Scape, or?
2: Oh, yeah, that sounds perfectly reasonable. Right, Frank? <sighs>
1: That sounds, yeah, that sounds perfectly reasonable, sure. Because, no, I would say, okay, here's what I'll say. I'll say that if there was a president who everyone did what they said all the time, then, yeah, he would be the happiest president for life. Well, thank you, Frank. I, I, and and he was, and he was. It was absolutely true. In that universe, as as always, in our universe, of course, we never had a president exactly like Mr. Ed, Edward Schmedward, but that is a real person's real name in a real universe. Edward Schmedward. That sounds real to me. Yeah, that sounds real to me. Good, good. I guess uh, no problems, then. Well, then, let's get right along belong to Tractor Fiction. Uh, Escape. you think Tractor Fiction is good, right?
2: Uh, no. I think Tractor Fiction stinks.
1: <laughs> really? Why is that?
2: Uh, well, because it's mostly people talking about boring stuff, <laughs> which is not stuff I really like most of the time. So, yeah, I think it stinks. Right, Frank?
1: <sighs> yeah. Tractor Fiction. Tractor Fiction stinks. Um, you know, Tractor Fiction... <sighs> Tractor Fiction, I'm sure that some people do think that Tractor Fiction stinks. Um, people who don't like, like you said, people who don't like people talking about things. I'm, I'm sure there are other people who enjoy it. I
2: don't think so. I think pretty much everybody must think it's pretty boring because it's just people talking about stuff. Like, blah, blah, blah. Jesus
1: does this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Can we get, can we go, Jordan? Can we yeah, let's just go right to it. This is Tractor Fiction, everybody's least favorite part. Really boring. Sorry about that, guys. Good evening, everybody. This is Frank Allen here on WHRW Binghamton. Uh, welcome to Tractor Fiction, where we uh, examine the works of Jack Chick and uh, discuss whether they make any sense whatsoever. This week, we do have a tract called Gomez is Coming. Uh, it deals with uh, the gang lifestyle, which I feel is kind of an important uh, thing to talk about. So there we are. Uh, let's, let's examine the gang lifestyle here with Gomez is
10: Coming. Once upon a time, a car was driving down a street, just like the street that runs through your neighborhood. It was night, and the car's windows were tinted, but anyone on the street could hear the thumping bassline pounding in the car's interior. Inside, a couple of young gang members rolled down the street, smoking, smoking and sipping on gin and juice.
8: Oh man, I am so high.
5: Get ready, Holmes!
10: Ricky pulled out his glock and rolled down the window, as they approached a gaggle of opposing gang members on the sidewalk.
5: Which one? It don't matter, Mang!
10: Ricky let his bullets fly fast and hard, and quicker than you can say, Please, Ricky, don't hurt him. He'd shot down a few members of the rival flock.
9: Bingo! I'm hit! I regret nothing!
8: <sighs> Not bad, huh? I got three of them!
10: But it wasn't until later that evening, back at the gang's secret hideout, that they realized the full implications of Ricky's actions.
1: Hey! Hey, muchachos! You're on the news! Two of the victims are on life support, but Luis Gomez died at the scene.
5: You idiot! You killed the brother of Carlos Gomez! You know, the butcher.
8: Oh, uh, so what? He's in the joint.
5: Uh, yeah, Meng, but he gets
8: out on Thursday. Oh, man, I-, I need help. Are you crazy? The butcher will kill us
11: all if we help you. We don't know you anymore, Mang. You're dead already.
10: Across town, at the hideout of the butcher's gang, the other gang is thinking the same thought.
8: Hit the streets, we want this dude alive. He'll be our present to the butcher.
10: Eventually, they make their way to Ricky's former friends.
8: His name, if you want to live. It's Valdez, man. Ricky Valdez. He's at his mother's house.
10: They zip over to Ricky's mom's faster than you can say spadoinkle.
8: Come on, Valdez, we know you're in there. No. What? Why are you out
10: The gang smashed down the door and began pummeling the small and pathetically helpless Ricky.
8: That's for Luis! Stop! He belongs to the butcher. Him in the van. Hey
12: Ricky, guess how Gomez got named the Butcher? Because he loves to slowly torture his victims until they die.
8: Dude, butchers don't slowly torture animals.
12: Hey, shut up! Tonight we'll serve you Taco Supreme, because tomorrow you'll never have to worry about eating again. I feel sorry for you, man.
10: The following day, in the local Maximum Security State Penitentiary-
5: There goes the Butcher back on the streets! I feel a lot safer with him out of here! You'll be
8: back, Gomez.
5: Don't count
8: on it.
10: Once outside the prison gates- The butcher was met by his hombres. Even they were frightened by his cold, chiseled features.
8: Man, are we glad to see you. We've got something for you.
10: On the ride home, the butcher was unusually silent.
8: Man, what's wrong with him? He had not said a word to us. He's planning his revenge.
10: Once there, the butcher approached the door to the room they had stashed Ricky in. Stay out until I'm through. Then he went to work.
11: Valdez. You can't dream what I'm about to do.
10: One hour later, the butcher's pals were growing concerned.
8: It's too quiet in there. Going in. You want to die, stupid? Going anyway.
10: They burst into the room, only to find...
8: Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming into my heart.
10: Ricky and the butcher were kneeling in prayer.
11: Come in. I want you all to hear this. Last night in my cell, I met a chaplain. This dude used to be meaner than me. He told me things a priest never talked about. Then he blew me away with one question. He asked me...
13: Carlos, did you hear the one about the worst killing in history? The one where man murdered God!
11: What? Man, that could never happen.
13: Oh, it did happen, Carlos. Almost 2,000 years ago, the world was infested with sin, and God would never let sin into heaven, but he loved us! So he made a way for us to go there. But only one who was sinless could pay the price for our sins. And the only one who was qualified was God the Son, Jesus Christ! So God came to earth and let the sinful men murder him. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Carlos, if you repent of your sins and ask the Lord Jesus to save you, he will!
11: You mean, God still loves me after All the rotten things I've done? Ha,
13: come on. I was worse than you. And he saved me.
11: When I heard this, I fell on my cell floor and asked Jesus to become my Lord and Savior. I said, I give my life to you, Lord. Please save me. God changed me and took away my hatred. Even for Ricky, who I didn't hate yet. Even though he killed my kid brother, but he hadn't yet, I could forgive him. Because Christ forgave me. But man, you gotta get even with him. Forget it, Louise. No way, man. That's not for me to worry about. When we kill each other, we're doing Satan's work. The devil loves it when unsaved people die. Because they go straight to hell. Without Jesus, life was hopeless. But now I have hope. And God is working miracles in my life. Jesus loves all you guys, too. And he wants to save you. How many of you will say yes to Jesus? We all will. Praise the Lord.
1: Okay, and that's um, the name. I mean, that's the uh, the tract. Uh, the whatever it's called. I forget the name, but it's about gangs, and uh, we're done with it now. So, as always, we have a debate here uh, where we will debate the uh, merits and flaws and things like that about that tract. Um, now, we do have two debaters, and again, I want to emphasize that these debaters have been... Uh, They've been researching for the last, uh, I think three weeks. And, uh, they are so knowledgeable about, uh, the issues raised in this tracks. I believe they both have, uh, dramatic backgrounds in the area and stuff like that. Uh, debater number one, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Hi. Hi there.
5: My name is Browner Slotwinski.
1: Hello, Browner, and, uh. Hi. Uh, what are you, what are your qualifications here?
5: I've been in a gang for eight years.
1: Really? How old are you?
5: Fifteen.
1: You, you sound a little younger.
5: I'm 15.
1: I believe you. Uh, all right. Uh, well, I'm glad that you, uh, are not.
5: I'm also a bear.
1: A bear. <laughs>
13: yes.
5: All right.
1: I
13: believe you, kind of.
1: But, uh, let's talk to debater number two.
13: Hello. My name's Ramon. I'm a gang member, f- gang members for Jesus. Gang
1: members for Jesus. Ramon. Okay. Well, it's nice to meet you. It's uh, good to be here. Good. All right. Now, uh, we're going to, as I'm sure everybody knows, It's totally obvious that Browner believes this tract is 100% true, while Ramon, over at Gangs for Jesus, uh, believes this tract is false. So, uh, as we always do, we like to let the person attacking go first. So, uh, Ramon, why don't you tell us uh, why this tract is total nonsense?
13: All right. Same reason a lot of other things Chick says are total nonsense. Like, Chick believes in uh, Christianity through faith. We I, we believe in Christianity through deeds. For example, we do violent things, yet Christian things. We do violent gang activity against non-Christians, and through this way, we're going to go into heaven. Mr. Chick would have us believe that uh, you could do violent gang activities against anybody and just be in favor of Jesus. and Even against other Christians? Christians who have the wrong idea, yeah, like Protestants. Oh, we uh, we messed up some Lutherans pretty bad. No, I'm saying, I'm sorry. You're saying, so
1: you do violence against Christians, but Chick is saying you could do violence against even good Christians, and you'd still get into heaven if you believe.
13: Well, the thing is, well, what we may- mostly object to is that you know Chick believes you can do anything, even non-violent things, as long as you believe in Jesus. Whereas we believe, you know, violence is ninety percent of the thing. You know. Oh, okay, you yeah. think that God particularly wants you to hurt. Yes, yes. That makes sense. It's an angry god, and he likes an angry man. Alright. And to a lesser degree, an angry woman.
1: (laughs) To a lesser degree. Uh, Browner, I almost called you a man, but you're in fact a man slash bear thing. Boy. Boy. Um, 15, Uh, yeah, I guess you're not yet a man. Depends on your outlook. The point is, uh, tell us, why don't you defend this, uh, this tract here?
5: I killed a man.
1: Yes, so are you going to heaven?
5: Not yet. My friend Julio... Listen, my friend Julio killed five men, and then he accepted Jesus, Uh and he doesn't kill anymore.
1: Does he go to heaven?
5: Yes, well, not yet, but he will when he dies. Are you sure? I'm positive. How do you know? Because he believes, and I believe him.
1: That doesn't sound like a lot God came
5: to me in a dream once. Yeah? He told me that when I'm ready to accept him into my heart and stop killing people, I will go to heaven.
1: Immediately? You'll be taken up? Yes. I don't believe you.
5: Well, you don't have to believe me. Do it! Just believe in God. Do it! Are you telling me to kill myself?
1: No, I'm telling you to believe in God right now and give yourself over to heaven. I'm not ready, I still
5: kind of like to kill people. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure.
13: I'm so confident that I'm right, that I haven't even listened to this argument, but let me tell you, no matter what- (laughs) You're not missing much. No matter what this freak of nature has been saying, I'm impressed that a half-bear, half-human has the capacity for speech.
5: You're a freak, you freak!
1: Oh. That's a, that's a rebuttal, if I ever heard one.
5: Well, I'm
13: not listening. That's a rebuttal.
1: Oh. How do you... All right, well, I have a question. Why did they
13: let a bear into a gang?
5: It's a bang-bear gang.
13: A bang-bear gang? That's, that's disgusting <laughs> on several levels. You kill bears? I'm, a, or? I'm
5: dyslexic. It runs in my family. It's so, a bear gang, a gang of bears.
13: You're
1: all bears.
5: We are. So
1: your friend...
5: Julio is a bear.
1: Julio is a bear. Yes. Okay, um... I believe most sects of Christianity don't Uh, believe that animals have souls.
5: Well, I have a soul. Are you sure? I'm a stuffed bear.
1: Stuffed bears have souls?
5: Yes.
13: What, the souls in the stuffing?
5: Yes.
1: Take it out, let's see. No! What do you mean, no?
5: Those are my innards. Are you a coward? No.
13: I think you might be.
5: How about you take your liver out and I'll take my stuffing out?
13: Well... I'm not the one who's part human, part animal. I don't have to defend myself here.
1: Well, I think he's more of a stuffed animal. Apparently. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that means, really, we could go, only one of our debaters has a brain.
5: I have plenty of a brain. It's How much of a brain do you of have? It's
1: Well, would that be classified as a brain?
5: Yes, a stuffed animal brain. Does
1: electrical impulses move through it? No. Well, then you don't think, do you?
5: I do think. I just think with stuffing impulses.
1: The impulse to stuff?
5: Look, you shouldn't be so prejudiced against stuffed animals, or you might go to hell, too.
1: But it would be stuffed animal hell. It would be very soft.
5: No, it will be human hell. Why? Stuffed would- animal hell is not soft, I have to tell you. What is it? It's very hard, actually.
1: That sounds... It's
5: scissors everywhere.
1: Scissors are kind of hard, you've I guess. have seen it. You've seen it. Now, hold on. You've been to hell.
5: No, I saw it in a dream when God showed me where I would go if I didn't accept him.
1: All right, I believe we have an expert here on the line. I'm uh, plenty
5: of an expert.
1: No, I'm a real expert. Um what? <laughs> A real... I'm sorry, uh, expert over there? Expert? Are you on there?
5: Uh, yes.
12: I am a theologian.
1: Oh, hello, theologian. At um,
12: University of Theologians.
1: Uh, we have a couple of really kind of serious questions about this tract to ask you. Do stuffed animals have souls?
12: Well, sir, that's a very uh, loaded question.
1: Yes. What's the answer? That was my answer. That's not an answer. That's an evasion.
12: No, the, No, mm-hmm. that was my answer.
1: Well, it's okay. loaded with
12: stuffing. Oh,
1: okay. the The question is, you. loaded with. All right. As what what Theo do you loge? What is your what god do you study?
12: Oh, lots of them.
1: Lots of them, like
12: um, the god of cream pies.
1: The god of, okay, what's that god named?
12: Well, his name is at uh, You don't even know. I don't. You are so ignorant.
1: All right. Well, let me ask you. Uh, do you his name is you, Jeff? Do you know the Christian god? Do you know of the Christian God? I don't mean oh, personally. Him. Uh him. Wh- now, does he does he let mm. you into heaven, even if you've killed lots of people? Well, I'll start there. Does he let you into heaven if you kill people? That, you kill. That, that's a very loaded question. Yes, it is a loaded question. What is the unloading answer?
12: I'm not sure if I can explain this so you uh are are study people can understand. You are an expert. Yes, I am. Uh, but my expert answer will be too much for your non-expert brain. Let's hear it. Uh, well, I can. i would over- edit it down. Your, your brain would explode.
1: I, okay, this is, uh, Cindy, make a note, please, that not to get this expert ever again.
12: I'm too much of an expert for you, I you're, know. You're,
1: you're a little bit much of an expert.
13: Uh, alright, Ramon? This can be explained very, very simply. Okay. If you kill Christians, you'll go to hell. If you, especially if you kill Catholic Christians. Oh, you like Catholics. You're a Catholic group. That's one reason I dislike Mr. Chick. Mr. Chick spreads all kinds of horrible lies about popery, which are... Thoroughly untrue. Po-
1: a potpourri?
5: You mean like the smelly It smells stuff. nice.
13: I don't <laughs> think that's a problem.
5: Look, I have a soul.
13: Why did you hit him?
5: Because I smacked him with my fish. It's of a course soul. It's a,
13: of course your fist has stuffing, and therefore- Fish. Fish. The fish. soul. The soul it fish. It was
5: a marlin. It was and a thousand. terrible,
13: terrible I'm prop joke. I'm only 15, joke.
5: and I killed a man. Shut up.
13: Well, I killed a man when I was 13, and despite the PG language I'm using here, that's that's just to appease the demands of the FCC. To get your uh, message would, heard, I sir,
12: guess. Sir, sir, are you Catholic? I have a question for you.
13: Uh, the expert has well, a question. Well, okay. What do you
12: think of idolatry? Because Catholics are obviously idolaters. I'm an expert, you know.
13: I don't know. I just I just focus on the head-bashing end of Idolize me, baby! All right. Now, I have a question I'm for both idol. of you. Um, We I'm usually do... Let me just open
5: American idol?
13: We usually
1: do closing arguments, but since you're both gang members, uh, did you both bring your knives?
5: I don't use a knife.
13: What do you use to kill men? A gun. All right. Do you <laughs> both bring your guns, then? Yes. Let's see. Um, I bought a pen, but I'm trained to use it as a knife if needed. A
5: ballpoint pen?
12: Oh
13: no! Alright, you
12: take your gun. What point is that? Why don't you.
1: Point point let's 0.5, Point five, point eight. Uh, we would like you to. You know what? Actually, here, let me see your gun. It's not really fair since he has a pen. Uh, thank you. I'll take oh. this gun. Uh, here's a pen for you. And, uh, you guys can fight,
13: uh, for and your the, closing uh, argument. This, this is guys?
5: the ultimate weapon of my world
13: is. Yes. Oh, well, good. Then, well, then you'll the, be... It's the logical weapon of a world where people are filled with stuffing! Have at it. Ow. A field of honor! <laughs> oh my goodness, what's going on? All right.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, now I'm going to... Stop him! All right, I'm going to take that fight into account as I decide. I won! It was a somewhat girly fight, but... I won! I'm, I'm afraid, uh, Ramon, I have bad news. God damn it! Uh, stuffed animals have souls and brains, and, uh...
5: I'm the winner! You A
1: can Catholic kill like our idolaters. pretty much anybody, well, and then still go to heaven if you accept.
13: I guess the plus side is I get to kill more people, so... <laughs> yeah, you can kill more people. We're all
1: winners! For example, I'm the winner. if yes, you guys want to finish this fight... killing. If you want to finish this fight outside, you can.
5: I just gave you my
13: pen, Mac
1: Uh... Well, then you'll It's be kind of a no-win
13: proposition. If I if I win, what do I get? If I lose, I lose, I lose to a freaking stuffed animal. That's true. It I invite be very myself out of that.
12: But at least you are going to kill people like God wants you to. <laughs>
1: hey. All right, thank you all for listening to Tractor Fiction. I hope you all learned a lot about stuffed animals and gangs uh, <laughs> and God and well that thing too. Uh, and how I'm an expert. We'll be back next week with more tracts, uh, and we'll be back all the time with more tracts here on WHRW. Big up to this is Frank Allen. Bye. Signing off. Oh, yeah. Episode of Tractor Fiction featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Guinevere Eckert, Lynn Nelson, Magdalena Richards, Daniel Schwartz, Kate Slutwinsky, Sam Thomason, Jacob Thompson, Tongwen Wong, Devon White, and Jordan D. White. Thank you very much, Rory. And now, a really exciting part of the show, right? Scape, wouldn't you say it was the best part of the show, Frank? Yeah, I'd say it was the best part of the show. So far, since I left, anyway.
2: Probably the best part ever,
1: over all time. It's, uh, it's of course, Scapey Stories from A Cat in the Dark. Now, Scape, you had Frank on your show, didn't you? Yes, yes I did. Although it was recorded before we told him that you get to decide if he stays on the show, right? Uh, yeah, it was. That's very interesting. It is. Let's listen to it. Scapey Stories from A Cat in the Dark. Hello and welcome to Scapey Stories from a Cat in the Dark. My name is Jordan D. White, and with me as always, reading the story, or telling the story I should say, is Mr. Scape White. Hello everyone, welcome to my scary stories. And as the audience tonight, we have Mr. Frank Allen. Hello. Oh, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me on the show, Scapey.
2: My pleasure, Frank. <laughs>
1: what are you implying by that? No, I'm
2: just being, sc- it's just because it's scary stories. So I was implying, like, I am spooky, blah, 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 blah.
1: Okay, um, uh, I guess, all right. Well, either way, let's just get right to the story, Scapey. This should be good, right?
2: Oh, yes. This was a special request. Uh, we got a request for this one from uh, a lawyer of some sort. This one is called The Hounds of Tindalos by Frank Belknap. Young. This one also has chapters, so this is chapter one. <laughs> okay, so. Once upon a time, I went to a friend, Chalmers house, right? And he was like, oh, hey, uh, hey dude, how you doing? Um, and when we got settled in, he was like, here's what I want to talk to you about. Um, right. Science is a bunch of lies. Okay. And I was like, yeah, you know, science. Yeah. I don't really dig it. He was like, yeah, science, they think they know stuff. They're, they're free of it. They think they know lots of stuff, but they don't really know. And, uh, the alchemists, so I, you know they were the ones who knew stuff, and nowadays they don't know stuff so much.
1: Well, having having met an alchemist uh, named Lord Zest, I can I can say pretty firmly that alchemists do not know a lot of stuff.
2: Well, no, they do. The, well, I don't. I'm not saying they do or they don't. But Chalmers was like, they do, they do, and I was I was there, and I was like, mm, I, well, whatever, you know, sir. Sure. And so he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know stuff. Uh, they think they're blah, blah blah blah, but they're not blah 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 blah. So. So I was like, okay, uh, whatever. I was like, whatever. I mean, scientists, they only believe in what they can understand and see and observe, all that stuff, science stuff.
1: That's a pretty good understanding of science, I guess. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And and so he was like, yeah, but that's not true necessarily. And what I think is that if you take drugs... then you can see the real truth about the world.
1: So this guy's a drug.
2: Well, he was saying if we we take drugs. So I I, I was like, that's not, come on, that's not true. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drugs, if you take drugs, you know, like mystics do, (laughs) then uh, you can see the true uh, scope of reality, and you can see into the fourth dimension. (laughs) And I was like, oh, come on, whatever. He was like, no, no, for reals. And I was like, okay. And he He's like, uh, so I found this drug, right, that they used to use in China, like a million billion years ago, okay? And, uh, I think it's gonna be the one that shows me the real stuff. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And he was like, no, for real. I will take it, and I will see into the fourth dimension. And I was like, okay, whatever, what do you want, what does that have to do with me? And he was like, well, I want you to stay here, basically, and watch me do drugs, okay, and write down whatever I say, because I might say something really cool if I see something, okay, and um then, like, if I'm in danger in the in the fourth dimension, then you can, uh, you know, say something, like, save me, okay? And I was like, uh, oh, this sounds
6: very really dumb.
1: Yeah, this. So- I mean, basically it sounds like, you know, the kind of shenanigans that, you know, Rory Sinjin would be believing in, you know, kind of nonsense, like if I if I can think it, then it's true. If I can think, if I come to a new, inebriated understanding of reality, then it must be true. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what, he, that's what the guy was saying. Yeah, I don't believe that that's true. Well, I didn't believe it either, so, okay, so I was like,
2: I don't believe it, but whatever, I'll write down what you say if you want, <laughs> dumbass. And he was like, okay, so he took the drug. Well, no, wait, before, oh, wait, no, 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 before he took the drug, actually, he was like, yeah, it's gonna be time traveling, okay? So basically what it's going to do is it's going to let me see time travel because I believe that all people are connected, but they're separated through time.
1: Yeah, that, that's more of that nonsense.
2: Well, hey, that's what he was saying, nonsense. But I I mean, I was saying that sounds like nonsense. Basically, you are playing me and I'm playing him.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And he was like, you're, we're all separated from time and this drug will help me see it all. And I was like, whatever. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And part of what it is is... I'm a jerk! Some, some shapes and some math before I take it and that will help me travel through the fourth dimension and see all of time. And I was like, whatever, that's hogwash. <laughs> you know, that's not true. That's yeah, not true. Right now. So then, then he did it, basically. He worked at the math and he thought about math a lot. And then he took the drug and, uh, he's just kind of sitting there reacting. He's like, okay, here we go. Just get out your pen, Scapey, okay? Come on. You got a pen? Okay, good, good, good. Now write down whatever I say, okay? And then he quotes his eyes, and he's like, oh man, it's getting dark. I can't see anything now. Are you writing this down? Write it down. I can't see anything. Okay. Uh. Oh, it's, I can, I feel like I'm not in the room anymore. Now I'm like floating outside of the room. And now I'm floating in space. So
1: far, this is pretty bogus. Uh, he's just doing, he's just doing drugs. Yeah,
2: yeah. But then he's like, all of a sudden, his eyes open up, and he sits up, and he goes, oh god, I can see everything. I can see every single person in the world, ever. And I can see, like, rats Things that they did. If anybody did anything in the past or in the future or any time ever, I could see it right now. I could see, uh, like, ancient Rome. I could see, uh, you know, other times. I could see everything. Okay, everything. All of time that humans have existed. This is crazy. Are you writing this down? Write it down because I am, oh my gosh, everything. Okay. Yeah. He saw everything, that's what he said. And so then he was like, okay, okay, scary. Now I'm going further back, okay? I'm, I'm pushing my mind further back in time past humankind, okay? I'm pushing back. Oh, my gosh. Now I can see, like, when there was dinosaurs, okay? They're like, oh, dinosaurs. Oh, the t Rexes got the little arms. And then I'm I'm going back further. So there's not even dinosaurs. So there's, like, little f- wizard things. And then back Further, so there's no animals on the land, only animals in the water, and they're swimming. And uh, oh my gosh! Okay, okay, now I'm going back even further, so there's just like one-celled organisms in the water. Oh, Skapey, you don't believe this? This is crazy! Oh my gosh! I'm going back past the birth of life on Earth, and it's—it's it's so crazy. Okay, Einstein was right, man. The time is curved because I can see time curved. But also, I could see angers in time, and there's something moving along the angers of time. Oh, man, it's
1: crazy. Uh, yeah, no, it is crazy. You're, you're right about that part. Because, I mean, this is... He's, he's having a drug trip, and you're telling it like it's a scary story.
2: No, no, no! This is what I, yeah, that's what I was like, whatever, stupid. I was writing it down, just going, whatever, blah, 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 But, yes, but he's doing drugs. But this is what I was saying, okay? Now, I can see stuff moving in the angles, and everything in the angles of time can't get into the curves of time right now, but it's crap. Oh, my God, Skypey And I was like, what? And he's, like, standing up now, and he's, like, he's moving his arms around spooky. And he's going, oh, my God, Skypey I'm like, what? And he goes, uh, there's, like, there's creatures in the angles of time. It's so freaky. And I started going, hey, you know, uh, it, it smells really bad in here. So I opened the window, um, and he's like, oh, my God, they can smell me. They can smell me. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no, what do I do? And all of a sudden, he drops down to his knees, and he starts, like, drooling and, and going, rawr, rawr, rawr. and then he starts barking like a dog, like, ruff, ruff, ruff.
1: yeah, I know no, I know what a dog bark sounds like. Thank
2: you. Well, that's what he's doing. And he's he's drooling like a stupid dog. Right? Like, you know how dogs are like, law, law. and they have their mouths open, and there's spit coming down, and their faces like, I was spit. That's what he was doing, and I was like, oh my God, Chalmers, what is wrong with you? you want me to wake you up? And he's like, blah, blah. so I grab him, and I start shaking him, and he's like, trying to bite me. He's like, oh
1: God,
2: <laughs> and I'm like, wake up, wake up. You gotta wake up. And he's like, oh my God, Scapey, oh, what happened? So,
1: wait, I'm sorry, I didn't notice he's calling you Scapy. so, No, I'm not
2: going into this! Every week, we talk about, is it it me? It's a story! Just don't even ask me that question!
1: Okay, fine. So, so, whatever. You woke him about- up.
2: Yeah, fine. And I, I pick him up. I put him on the sofa. And he's like, oh, oh man. It's, dude, 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 dude. It's married me. This is, this is crazy. It's married me. And it's, you know, it, it was, I went too far. I went too far in time, man. And I was like, oh, okay, dude. And he was like, dude, I went way too far. Like, oh my God, give me, give me some whiskey. And I gave him the whiskey and he's drinking the
1: whiskey. Whiskey, whiskey? What does whiskey have to do with He, he was drinking
2: it. He was just drinking it. He was down in it.
1: Why? I mean, like, is there. I don't
2: know. I don't know, what, I don't know what whiskey is, but he's drinking it, okay? He's like, oh, it's good. And um, and then he was like, okay. Oh, I was like, dude, that drug is screwed up. And he was like, you was, was not the drug, okay? I went too far, and the, the beasty things from before time saw me and smelled me. And I was like, oh, dude, okay, you're wrong. That's stupid. And he's like, no, it's true. They're beasts and they're hungry and they're thirsty and they're called the Hounds of Tindaros. And I was like, okay, uh, so I'm gonna call you a doctor, dude, and you should talk to this doctor because you are crazy and I'm not going to sit around here and listen to you be crazy all the time, okay? So, let the doctor come see you and uh, maybe go to a crazy house because I think you are crazy, okay? And then I left. So, um, okay. That's it? No, 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 that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Um, that was chapter one. Chapter two, okay? So, the next day, uh, he calls me up and he's like, dude, 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 come over, come over, I need your help, I need your help. And I was like, oh, gosh. But whatever, I did it, I decided, all right, you know what, I'm gonna to help him out, and so I did what he asked me to do. I got, like, a whole bunch of plaster.
1: Plaster? Like, like, powder to make plaster? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And then I brought it over to his house, and he was like, oh, awesome, 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 awesome. We're gonna stop him, okay? But we gotta hurry. Go get some water so we can mix the plaster. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, dude, dude, okay, the hounds of tinderverse all right? They can get to us. I said they move in the angles. You, They can get through the angles of the walls and the ceiling and the floor, and we're gonna make plaster... So we can, you know, make it so there's no angles. It's all curves. Like we're inside of a little curvy place. Okay. So we've got to do this. And I was like, oh god. So whatever. I did. I helped him. We made the plaster. And we put it around. Why did you
1: help him? If I mean, he's clearly insane.
2: Well, I, I don't. I don't know. Cause he's my friend. I guess. And he, I brought out the plaster. I might as well. Look, it doesn't matter. But I did. And we did all the corners. And we did all the searing and the floor. So it's all just curvy, curvy, curvy. Okay. And he was like. All right, sweet. Now I have to stay in this room for, like, as long as it takes for them to go away. They will get here, and they'll be like, we can't get in. Oh, well, well, I mean, the, the hounds, right? So they won't say that, but they'll be, they will see that they can't get in, and they will go back to where they came from. And then I can leave this room. But until then, I can't. And I was like, will you please talk to a doctor, please? And he was like, no, you think I'm crazy, but uh, I'm not crazy, dude. I saw Hounds of house scary outside of time, okay? outside of time. So, I know that it's true. And you should know, too. And I was like, I got up, and I was just like, I'm out of here. And he was like, dude, dude, I'm not I'm not trying to offend you, okay? It's just that I am now super humanly smart. And I can understand things in a way that you can't comprehend. But
1: I, I should I should try to
2: turn it down for you. But, but, dude, and I'm like, just whatever. Call me if you need anything. Bye. I'm out of here. I'm sending a doctor. So, bye. Okay,
1: so he's, uh, he's saying he's super super smart. Yeah, yeah.
2: But, I mean, whatever. Clearly not, so. Yeah,
1: no, clearly not. I mean, again, he sounds like a charlatan. He sounds like a Rory Singen type. Well, except I, he doesn't want my money. Well, he got you to buy the plaster.
2: Well, yeah, 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 but, okay, no. So, all right, chapter three, all right? This is uh, two things from the newspaper, okay? The first one was like, there was an earthquake. Last night, at like um, 2 o'clock, there was an earthquake, and everything was like shaking, and some stuff fell down, okay? Uh-huh. That's the surface.
1: Well, yeah, I was gonna okay. say, that's Clearly not a, a newspaper article. No,
2: I'm am I'm, I'm I'm telling you, it was like there was a thing in the newspaper. it was like, okay. Oh, and then the other thing in the newspaper was like, there was a cult writer who was murdered, and uh, it was it was Chalmers, all right. And he he died, and they were like, what killed him? And he they found him in a room, okay, uh, with like dead on the ground, covered in like blue goopy stuff, with his head chopped off, sitting like on top of his chest, okay. And he was on the floor, and there was no blood at all anywhere in his body and on the floor around him was ritter. The, the room had been you know plastered like we did you know but on the floor around him was ritter bits that had chipped off of the plaster shaped like a triangle okay and he was dead and uh, like the police guy was like what's all this and he found ritter bits of paper that he had been writing on and he was writing things like oh man I have to stay awake and watch around make sure that they don't come through the angers and water the water water water, water. Uh, yeah, just more crazy stuff. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Then they found another piece that was like, Oh my gosh, the price is falling. Something is happening. It's like an earthquake or something. I would never have expected something like this. There, it is dark in here now. I do not know what to do. Oh no. Ah, uh, ah, uh, help me. Uh.
1: He wrote, help me, ah, uh, on a piece of paper. Uh,
2: well, yeah. That's what the newspaper said, yeah.
1: That's preposterous. Wouldn't, why wouldn't, I mean. Well, that's,
2: look, that's how it is. And the detective was like, Let's send some of this brew stuff off to find out what it is. Okay.
1: Chapter four. That was, the end of, that was the end of the chapter?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the end of the chapter. Chapter four is like a note from a scientist about the, the goop. And he was like, dude, this goop is alive, but it doesn't have any enzymes in it. Holy crap. That's crazy. Okay. Chapter five.
1: That was the end of the chapter? That was that was, uh, that was a whole chapter?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just a letter from the guy. And that was all said? Yeah. Uh, chapter five is a, like an excerpt from a, a book that uh, Chalmers wrote. <laughs> and it goes like this. I saw outside of time and uh, there were some monsters and I think they're going to try to get me. The end.
1: That's the end of the story.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was the well,
1: okay uh What was the point of the last two chapters? Why did we have those there?
2: Well, I didn't, I didn't write them. I just told it, okay? It's just a story, okay? Uh, You know, to show that the monsters were coming to get him and he knew it.
1: Yeah, we already knew that. That was what happened in the story. You didn't need the last chapters because that was what happened. I mean, the story ended at the end of chapter three when you find out the dude's dead. Yeah. Yeah. So why do we need chapter four and five?
2: Well, we, we don't. I mean, but they're just like flare,
1: I think. Flare? Well,
2: yeah. I mean, well, it's like a furious, a, 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 a literary furious, I think.
1: Yeah, it also doesn't make an. I mean, because you, you just start by just narrating the story, and then two chapters in, the story stops being narrative and becomes epistolary.
2: Um, what? It
1: becomes letters and articles and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Uh oh. So, so Jordan, this is this is this is better than an interview that I could have done, Frank. Where this is Escape's show. Okay, Escape, this is better than an interview. I Yes, could have... this
2: is way better than an interview. It's a scary story. You were scared. In fact, you know what? Uh, I think you were definitely scared. That's why you're right uh, questioning it. You're like, oh, I better poke holes in it so I don't get scared. No,
1: that's not what I'm doing. I'm poking holes in it because I'm not. I'm not even poking holes in it. I'm pointing at the holes. They're already so huge. Putting my finger in them would be like throwing a marble in the Grand Canyon.
2: Well. Good. Okay. Oh yeah. So anyway, let's do the scary moral. Okay, the scary moral of this story, just so you know, okay, is watch out when you're time traveling. <laughs>
1: okay. What? Come on now. What? That's gonna be your moral. Watch out when you're time traveling. Watch out when you're time. So for all the people, is that a? Uh, is that a, again? It's a message for the, the few time travelers there are.
2: There's there's probably lots of time travelers.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. So for, so for them, that was this was a story for them. If you're not a time traveler, you just wasted your time listening to the story.
2: No, because you can feel comfortable in not time traveling because because it's dangerous.
1: This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.
2: Well, you're the stupidest thing I ever heard. Uh, see if I have you on my show again.
1: Well, okay. I'll see if you do. Yeah, come on. Be nice. Okay, yeah, I'm okay. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you for having me. It was a great story. Yeah, it was. Okay. Well, Escape, you want to wrap it up?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, here we go. I'll wrap it up. This has been a scapey story. Be careful, or it might scare you again when you think about it.
1: <laughs> so, Frank, um, anything you want to say about that? Yeah, um, yeah, I do want to say that uh, now that I think about it. Uh, I do know a few time travelers. I know Thomas Alva Edison. I know Lord Zest. I know, um, is Dr. Parsis from the future? I can't remember. I've, I've met a few time travelers, though. And, um, you know, I'm sure all of them found that actually very helpful. So they should be careful. If they go back too far, they might see dogs. Dogs are stupid, too. Dogs are, dogs are pretty stupid most of the time, so. Yeah.
2: Well, good. I'm glad that you came around to see my point of view. Because, really, I, I think dogs are pretty stupid. No, I think you, you were...
1: It was the time travel thing. Oh,
2: yeah, right, right. I think that time travel... Wait, what do I think? Uh, the point
1: you had in the story was time travel is dangerous. Be careful when you time travel. Wait, right,
2: wait. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Hounds of Tinder... Hounds of Tinder... Well, uh, guys, yeah. They would smell you. And, uh, something. Kill head off thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a while since we heard really that. I forgot. But that's what it is, and... Yes, Frank. Yes. Good. Good
1: boy. Uh, I'm not a hound.
2: No, no. Hounds are worse than you most of the time. They have their tongue out. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't have my tongue out. Good, good, good. All right, it's time to get to Decker and Hayes, which is the last show of the uh, episode. So let's get right into it. It's very exciting. <laughs>
9: Decker and Hayes, Season 2, Episode 9, Women of the Night, by Daniel Schwartz. CIA agent Jason Drake had spent the last few days being knocked out and tied up by women. Though this would not normally be a problem for him, he wasn't happy about his mission being obstructed. When he woke up in a strange woman's apartment, he decided to call the one number in town he remembered.
8: Dakar and Hayes' detective agency.
9: I'm not sure who you are, young lady,
7: but since I remember you tasing me two hours ago, I hope you've got some answers for me.
8: Agent Drake? I thought I tied you up.
7: You did. Now, would you like to tell me what's going on? There's some mighty flammable objects lying around this apartment.
8: Who's there? Drake. Who?
7: Is that Agent Hayes?
8: It's Macy, why?
7: Put her on. But... What's this right here? Extensive files on the JFK assassination? Hold on a second. Let's
5: talk to you. What? Who is he? It's Drake. Okay, whatever. Who are you? Agent Hayes? It's just Macy now.
7: Agent Jason Drake. It's an honor, ma'am. Your missions are still the stuff of legend at the company. Oh. Thank you. Now, I need your help.
5: Typical. What's going on?
7: As I'm sure you're aware, Agent Matthew Landsberg is attempting to run a sting of local weapons smuggling operation, headed by...
5: Smandyakov, the former Soviet general. Yes, I know.
7: Of course. I believe, however, that Landsberg's intention is to seize control of the operation for himself. And go rogue.
5: Oh my god.
7: My sentiments exactly. Landsberg has proven himself untrustworthy in the past. This kind of treachery is second nature to him. It was my hope to head him off at the pass, but he's had every advantage so far. I'm hoping you can help me make up for lost time.
5: How do Lexi and I fit into this plan?
7: You and Grayson are the agents who know the most about Shmirjikov. Knowing that you'd be unwilling to help a private coup, Landsberg attempted to brainwash you into helping him. And Lexi? Macy. I didn't know Agent Grayson when she was younger. But the years haven't been unkind to her. After her husband died... Oh
5: my god, Toby died?
7: Terrorists. It was quick. She's a political animal now willing to sell out anything to advance herself in the company. With his recent success, Landsberg seems to be the best bet for a one-way trip to the directorship.
5: What do I need to do?
7: I'll come over to your office. I can take what information we'll need from these computers. No funny business, please. If I get taken down again, I intend to take at least one of you with me.
5: Alright, we'll be here. So, who's that?
6: Apparently some new spy guy. Tried to get your help by hiring Stella.
5: Well, that didn't work out.
6: No kidding.
8: Still, he's got the information we need to take down Shmurnikoff.
5: And if that's what we plan to do, we'll need all the help we can get.
9: As Macy reloaded her gun, she looked down at the red swath of blood across the carpet, where someone had blown her secretary's brains out. Tommy Potsdam had been an impressionable kid trying his best to make a difference. And because Macy hadn't been able to protect him, he'd died for it. As the last of her bullets shot home in her gun, she vowed that she wouldn't fail again. Meanwhile, down in South Tip, Stella laid down her tools and looked at what remained of the man on the bed. Johnny Vasquez had kept her ex-girlfriend Tasha for nearly twenty years, letting her be raped and brutalized by dozens of his fellow gang members. Now he was the last of the spiders, and as he lay there with his chest opened up and his right eye burned away, bleeding from a dozen different wounds, it was unclear how much longer he would hold that title."
5: Who's the big man now, Johnny? Who's the
8: real man? Who's so macho? He is to keep a sweet, innocent girl in a room naked
5: and helpless? How are you gonna show them you're a real man now, Johnny? Better answer or I'll find something else to cut off. Go ahead, Chica. When the Russian gets through with you,
13: you'll wish whee- it was you on his bet.
5: Who? A Russian, a colonel or something, like a million years old and got more guns and than Charlton Heston. Smirnyanik or something. Smerdyakov? Yeah, that's it. Tell me about him, Johnny. The hell with you, Decker. Why should I
13: tell you anything?
5: Because if you do, I'll end it
8: now.
9: Mama Wang was taking her pills, the six or seven she started the morning with when she heard the gunshot from downstairs. Stella came in a few minutes later, bloody up to her elbows and splattered with gore.
12: Done already, dear? I didn't think you'd bore that quickly.
5: Drake wasn't lying, Mama. What? Drake told us that that guy Smerchikov was in Parlortown selling weapons. Vasquez told me the same thing. He'd been using the spiders as foot soldiers, operating out of the old warehouses on Gallagher Street.
12: Jesus. So what are you going to do about it?
5: Take him out. This is our city, and no Russian jackass is going to move in and start playing God.
12: I'll make some calls.
5: I'll go see a friend of mine. She may have some information that could help us.
12: Come back soon, dear.
5: I will, Mama. How have you been doing? You know, with...
12: A terminal autoimmune disorder? Well enough, I guess. Just get this jerk from me, Stella.
9: Are we all clear, then? Drake, Macy, and Paige had spent the last hour poring over the details of Smerdykov's operation. His headquarters, his movements, even the foods he ate. Julian had gone out to pound the pavement and put the squeeze on one or two people on the Parlortown police force who owed him favors. Macy looked up from a cup of coffee and stared Drake in the face.
5: Yeah, we're pretty clear. Just one more thing, Mr. Drake.
9: What's that, Ms. Hayes?
5: When this is over, you leave Parlortown. You take Landsberg with you. Lexi, too. You take your secrets and disguises and lies and don't ever come back. If I find an agent in Parler Town ever again, I'll kill him and anyone who comes to stop me. I'm taking my life back in exchange for helping you.
7: Done. When is taken care of, you never see us again.
5: And my release from prison?
7: We'll still stand. Might as well have something good come out of Landsberg's incompetence.
5: Done. When Julian gets back, we'll sort out the last details and get this over with.
9: Julian McGinnis, meanwhile, had been shaking down some of the cops that used to be his co-workers. Since most policemen in Parlortown made more from bribes than from paychecks, nobody was willing to come forward with the information he needed. Frustrated, he was driving back to Decker and Hayes' office when he saw Stella Decker's truck parked outside of Page's building. He pulled into a parking space and went upstairs.
6: Stella, you there, kid? Right Stella. Stella?
5: Stella who? um. Mm. This Lexi Julian. Who is she? Oh
6: my god, Stella, what happened to you? That's not an answer. Who's Lexi Julian? Not for long. She was Macy's partner in the she CIA. The time. She and her boss sprung I Macy so she'd help, she help she them.
5: Help? But, yeah, sounds I'll like she was a big help. The cops. Screw this! Stella, wait! Get away from me, Julian! I've got enough people to kill as it is!
9: Stella pushed past McGinnis and stormed down the stairs. Julian, weighing his skill as a fighter against hers, made no move to follow. Meanwhile, Mama Wang was talking to her girls.
12: That seems to be what's going on, girls. Does anyone have any questions?
9: The girls sat silently. Some shook their heads. Others fingered knives, guns, and brass knuckles. Nobody worked for Mama Wang who couldn't take care of herself. Now, when a lunatic gunrunner was in their own backyard, that fact would serve them well.
12: So what are we going to do about it, Mama?
8: We're going to take back what's ours. Tasha!
9: (gasps) Sasha stood in the doorway, all evidence that she'd spent the last few days in the hospital, gone. She had a chain in one hand and wore jeans and a black leather jacket with the word Blade across the back in studs. Two men and one woman stood behind her, also armed and also wearing jackets.
12: How'd you get here?
8: Rick picked me up, filled me in. Even brought my jacket, you sentimental slob.
13: <laughs> well, you look like an idiot in that hospital gown.
8: No argument here. Anyway, Mama, I'm here to help. Okay. We'll wait for Stella to get back and-
13: No, no, no. No dice, Mama. She called me up, and she said she had some personal matters to take care of.
8: Then we should wait for her. No dice, Jailbait. The spiders talked about Smirnikov like he was God's crazy brother. If he gets wind that people are on to him, he'll disappear. If he thinks we're going to stop him, he'll level Parlor Town. If we want to finish this, we have to finish it now. But we can't do it without Stella. Nobody's tougher than- Some John for you stupid girl! Stella's that tough because she had to be, because otherwise she'd die! If you can't do the same thing, there won't be nothing left to Town but a bunch of dead idiots like you who just aren't tough enough! <laughs> you better get tough real fast, girl.
12: You sure you're up to it?
8: I've been waiting 20 years for something to hit.
9: The people of South Tip take to the streets to fight for their lives. Macy, Drake, and Julian race against the clock to stop a madman. Stella vanishes into the night with a score to settle. Can any of them save Town? Who will survive the night to come? And what of Landsberg and Grayson? Find out in the next episode of Decker and Hayes. The Reckoning. In that episode
1: of Decker and Hayes, the narrator was Daniel Schwartz, Stella Decker was Angela Tymon, Macy Hayes was Lynn Nelson, Johnny Vasquez was Nicholas Roach, Julian McGinnis was Rich Bellin, Agent Drake was Elijah Weberhan, Paige was Magdalena Richards, Mama Wang was Tongwen Wong, Tasha was Guinevere Eckert, Ricky was Jacob Thompson, and Justine was Lisa Pantuso. The theme song was by Michael, temporary Kodmakowski. Thank you very much, Rory. Now we have to jump right into our listener mail section. Um, and before we do, let's, let's get, let's get this out of the way. Scape, you get to sing us a song. Why don't you sing us a song about whether or not Frank can stay on the show?
2: Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't know. Should Frank and stay or go? He wants to stay on the show, but maybe, maybe he should go. I said maybe. What's the answer you want to know? I said maybe. He doesn't have to go. That's the answer. He doesn't have to go. But he still doesn't get to take my part of the show away. So he stinks and he gets to sit there and watch me be so
1: cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, Frank, you get to sit here and watch Scape be so cool. You don't get to have your interview show back. Wait, what? Wait, I don't, what? But then I don't have a part of the show. Well, no, right now. But I mean, when you left, we had to fill it with something and we gave it to Scape. But well, that's, that's my whole, why else would I be on the show? Well, pres- Presumably because you like the show. Well, I yeah, I do, but... Well, uh, maybe, Frank, maybe once in a while we'll let you do a, something. That's... We're, I, why would you... Uh, speaking of doing something, actually, Frank, we do have to hurry. So, can you read... We did get a letter, and I was wondering if you could read it for us. Well, yeah, uh, sure, No, but- no, please just read the letter. All right, uh, fine. Dear Jordan, Scapey, and Rory, Well, I suppose the first part of this email is now a moot issue, as I was going to email you to ask if you could read my favorite Poe story, The Black Cat. So, in light of last week's episode, thank you. Scapey, you are a brilliant storyteller. I miss you so much over here in England, and boo, too. I haven't met any cats over here in England. Secondly, Rory, I'm terribly sorry to hear about the closing of the Institute, but here's a little tidbit that will hopefully give you some hope. We of the Medieval Studies Department realized, with your help, of course, that there is just so much more to medieval history than what actually happened. So, we snuck into the tunnels under my school and set up our own little mini-lab so we could do our own extra-historical research. It's so enlightening. Please, do stop by if you're in the London area anytime soon, and let us know what you think. Guinevere, Tricia, Eckert. Oh, That's very nice. Now, for those of you who don't know, Guinevere Eckert, of course, being. She's an actress on our show. She does uh, she does play the narrator in uh, Epic Echo. She played Tasha in and, and Decker and Hayes there. Um, she plays characters later in Guard Duty, which you will meet soon. Thank you very much for writing, Guinevere.
2: Thank you, Guinevere. <laughs> I am very happy to hear that you write my stories, so.
1: Oh, Scape, you still have that crush?
3: No,
2: no, no crush. No, I just was franking. Franking is good.
1: Yes, it is very good. And, and thank you as well for setting up extra historical studies. The, the more we can spread around, the better. And of course, Uh, I would be happy to stop by And of course I'll give you a mm, Let's see 10% discount when I do uh, If I get to England anytime soon Uh, I will give all of you readings 10% off Thank you very much And thank everybody And uh, so Frank Welcome back to the show Thanks And uh, hopefully you'll be here next week right? No, I'll I'll be here No you won't No you won't Because uh, we're not having a show next week Uh, Next week I will be at the New York Comic Con Oh Oh, Okay so two weeks Yeah yeah two weeks from now We will absolutely be here So thank you all for listening And uh, we will all Four of us Be seeing you
0: Liberal women of the USA fought for their right to independence and to equal pay. But some of these women got it in their heads to forsake men and just take other women to their beds. So just bring them round and I'll make them sure just what a man and woman's bodies were created for. Cause they might have been one of Sappho's brood. That just cause no one ever gave it to them really good. Yeah, they were wrong. they met me I'm gonna take them by the hand and I'll make all people understand just be what we want you to be and just fall in line with society why are you making such a fuss?
1: Next oh, can, can I do Wax. No, no please, don't, please, let me do it. No. On Epic Echoes, Fertress does not trust Slaughter. I could have said
2: that. How do I know you're not possessed, too? So you saw? She almost got me, but I was too small and tiny. Oh, Fertress, this is just awful. What happened? Hold on you Yadier. I still need to know you're not crazy-go-nuts, too.
1: Then on Tract of Fiction. Oh, no, that's my show. Come shut on. Shut up, no. A child learns the true meaning of Christmas. Halloween. Oh, meaning. I screwed
2: up. I oh, look, honey. There's
8: Dracula. Oh, he's scary! I don't like this, Mom! Tomorrow, we'll go buy you a spooky costume. I just love Halloween, Buffy. It's my favorite holiday.
9: And then on guard duty, it's not guard duty. And then on like daughter, we explore a new type of Christianity. The greatness of God is in his forgiveness. How can we confess our sins if we have nothing to confess? How can we be pardoned and granted entrance into the kingdom of heaven if we have nothing to pardon? I know killing is frowned upon by our politically correct society, but we're only bringing people closer
1: to God. All this and more, Frank Almondo. I doubt it. Coming February 16th to To Waxwork.com. Waxwork.com, that is. Shut up.